sa Alabao. It's the What's It All About show with your host, Al Roberts. Let's get ready to rumble! Um, yeah, can't lie. Um, I had a bit of a stag do yesterday for a good friend of mine, Adrian One. Um, so massive shout out to uh, everyone who came to that yesterday. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hungover. I'm not gonna lie, a little bit rough. Um, definitely not a fan of taking any form of shot from now on. Yeah, pain, pain for my sins today, but it's all good. Um, but yeah, thanks again to everyone who turned up to that. Yeah, and Timmy, absolutely sound lad. Couldn't get a sound a guy away. So thanks very much to all you guys for, for uh, putting up with us for the day. But uh, yeah, uh, massive shout out to JMA Radio as always. Um, massive well done to uh, David Mamo, aka DJ Fiedon, who is in the top 100 in Mixcloud at the moment. So there's a lot of guys on the station who are absolutely killing it, which is fucking awesome. But yeah, uh, today's show though, let's talk some MMA, man. Um, where to start? That's the question, isn't it? Where to start? Um, so we had UFC 265 at the weekend. It was a, a banger of a card. I'm not going to lie. Um, banger of a card. Thoroughly enjoyed it. That was a great, uh, great compilation of fights. Um, <clears throat> it's left with, I think it's left everyone with a lot of questions from a lot of the results this weekend. Uh, I think there's quite a lot to discuss in the sense of, especially the heavyweight pitcher now. Um, let's start at the top, man. Uh, we had uh, Cyril Gann versus uh, Black Beast, Derek Lewis, everyone's favourite heavyweight. Uh, man, this was such a shutdown fight. It was just a whitewash, to say the least. Uh, Cyril, Cyril Gann just absolutely took Derek Lewis apart on the feet in, in pretty much every sense of the word. Um, there's no, yeah, there is, there's no two ways about it. Um, I've got some stats here. Total strikes, uh, Gan, 112 out of 136. Lewis, 16 of 37. Significant strikes. Cyril Gan with 98 of 122. And Lewis with 16 of 37. Uh, shout out to MMA on point for putting that up online. I, yeah, I got the information from them. Man, it was... Look, the way, the way I look at it is this. This is not the first time this has happened to Derek Lewis. And it's definitely, in other situations, it's not the first time where he's been picked apart by a technical striker and came with some vicious one-bomb and won the fight. This is not unheard of with a Derek Lewis fight. But Cyril Gann just moves differently to the rest of that division, I think. Um, 
he's just yeah footwork um the movement is like the fluidity of his movement and the fact of his speed as well is pretty scary for a you know a big old heavyweight and he he showed this against lewis and yeah it was his fight to take um going into this fight i pretty much if i had to bet my money on someone i would have bet gan but i wouldn't have been shocked if lewis clipped him in like the third or fourth round and got that TKO and knockout. But Gan didn't fuck about. He was in, he was out. He some really good strikes. Hurt Lewis a good couple of times. Gets the TKO win. No arm. No arm in it. Um, this sets up an absolute whirlwind fight with the heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou. Cyril Gan is now the interim heavyweight champion. So, therefore, we have got a collision course of these two gentlemen fighting. Um, I watched the post-fight press conference this morning from the event. Very interesting, the things that Dana White brought to the attention and a lot of the media brought the attention of, of the fans. One, Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gann are ex-training partners and have sparred together and all that good stuff. They're both... Well, Cyril Gann is French. Francis Ngannou spent a lot of the start of his career training in France. On top of that, last year, MMA got legalised, well, the other year, MMA got legalised in France. What what better time than to throw this all into a nice big mix? And, yeah, let's get a headliner in France, Cyril Gann versus Francis Ngannou. Amazing. But, yeah, um, it's interesting. It's really fucking interesting stylistically because you've got... Francis Ngannou has dismantled technical strikers before. He really has. Um, very, very good boxer. Um, Rosenstruck, very, very capable kickboxer. And my God, like, Nganu dismantled both of those two guys without trying. So, I don't know. It, it's, the way Nganu looked against Stipe Miocic last fight looked like Nganu 2.0. He looked far more patient. He looked... Far more <clears throat> precise, far more, yeah, yeah. He, he just looked cleaner, crisper, and all round better with his timing, with his patience, all of that. Cyril Gann is a man who will feed off that in every way, especially with the sense of Cyril Gann is so patient, he's so, he's got such a reformed skill set of striking that, yeah, I think, I think he's also very patient and he will easily sit back and look for those counters the only difference in this is i don't know there's a there's a thin line between who's got the heaviest shots lewis or nganu i think nganu um i think there's even less error when he fights nganu less chance of error when he fights nganu than he just fought lewis it's a scary one man it really is uh, it's very interesting though, that heavyweight division in general has not looked as good as it has, not, has done now in years. It's always one of those divisions that you're always under two minds about, always. Uh, it just never really blows you away. Um, it's good to see a lot of fresh, not a lot, but a handful of fresh fighters in that division that are serious threats. It's good to see. Um, you know what I mean? Long, long are the days of the likes of Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos, Alistair Overeem even. It's new. It's a fresh new division. And it's, it's good. It really is. It's good to see. Um, if, I had to, if I had to guess between 
Cyril Gann and Francis Ngannou, shit. Like, I think you've always got to back Ngannou with that nuclear one-bomb fucking power. You've always got to look at that guy getting the knockout. But if there's someone who knew, it's Cyril Gann. He, I think he's got the footwork and the speed, etc., to get in, get the fuck out, and make it a, make it a hard night for Ngannou. Although there's that equaliser of just Ngannou lands that one good shot, and it's it's good night and God bless. I'm afraid anyone, any probably any human on the planet is going to get knocked out by that. Um, yeah, interesting though. Um, good performance, great performance by Cyril Gann. What do you do next with Derek Lewis? Derek Lewis is still one of the best heavyweights in the world. I don't think Lewis looked. I don't think it was the fact that Lewis was bad. I just think Gan is just on another level to a lot of these guys, striking wise. In every way, honestly, I just think stylistically he's, he's going to be a fucking hard. He's going to be a tough match for anyone in that division, even Francis. But yeah, um, great main event. Really good. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is Jose Aldo turning back the fucking time. Um, yeah, absolutely over the moon to see Jose Aldo, Aldo get a, a solid win. He looked vintage, has been the term that's been thrown around online. I can't, I can't think of a better term myself. He looked like vintage Jose Aldo. Leg kicks, knees up the middle. Heavy hook combinations, just tenacious forward going. It was, it was awesome to watch. Great to see him get a win. And Pedro Munoz is no fucking joke either. Pedro Munoz is a serious fucking threat in that division. Pedro Munoz is, is serious. I mean, uh, Pedro Munoz is coming up an absolute great fight with uh, Jimmy Rivera. Munoz seems to love these these scraps. He really does, and I, I enjoy watching them. I really do. Thoroughly enjoy watching Pedro Munoz fight. Um, I think this is just a great clash of styles. Both guys are just, you know, forward-going berserkers when it suits them. Awesome. Like, awesome fight. And great, great to see Aldo get a win. Um, not even rumour, has it? Like, from what I've seen online, Aldo's called out Dillashaw, which I think is a great fight on paper. Very good fight. Very, very interesting. Uh, both former champions in... Uh, Two different weight classes. Um, yeah. It's another thing about Aldo as well. In this 35 fight, he looks... I mean, he looks stripped down at the weigh-ins, but during the fight, he didn't seem to get... He didn't seem to get gassed. Um, like, compared to his fight with uh, Petri Jan, that was, I think, a massive struggle for, for Aldo in every way. I really do think that was a struggle for him. Um, look, I think, I think Aldo... Aldo versus Dillashaw is a fucking banger. Um, again, 30, the 135 division is on fire at the minute. It is fucking up there with the most elite divisions in the UFC. It really is. That top 10 is full of talent. If not the top 15, it's got a hell of a lot of talent in there. And a lot of lads who are gunning for that title. Um, obviously, we're going to get Petri Yan against Aljamain Sterling. I'm thoroughly looking forward to that rematch. Um... Obviously, first in line. I mean, let's be honest. TJ Dillashaw's came back, beat Sandhagen. Hell of a feather in his cap. It's a hell of a scalp to take that. Um, a very close fight, though. Don't get me wrong. So, for me personally, I think... 
Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Dillashaw versus Aldo, whack them into a fight together, and that's, that's your number one contender fight, really, isn't it? I mean, you look at Aldo's record at 35, you know, he, he fought um, Malam won that fight, in my opinion. He, I, I definitely had him winning that fight. Judges gave it to Marais, fair enough. Marais, is, Marais has looked one of the best 35s in the world on the right night. Uh, Malam Marais is a fucking killer on the... He really is. Like he's so underrated. He's had a couple of losses at the moment, but on the whole of things, like that guy is a fucking threat. Um, but yeah, either way, then he goes on, loses to Jan, comes back, fights uh, Chito Vera in a really good fight, and gets a win over, in my opinion, one of the top boys in that division. So yeah, let's do. Um, come on, let's do Dillashaw Aldo, uh, number one contender fight. Why not? There's a few more guys who are floating about in that division. Like Sandhagen's obviously Sandhagen's probably a one he's probably a one fight off a title shot, even though he's just coming off a loss. But yeah, that one thirty five division, it's it's up there, like I mean it's it's quite harsh on on Aldrin Sterling. I mean, he is seen as pretty much like the paper champ of the UFC, which is yeah, it's hard, like, because the guy is a talented guy, he really is, but Let's be real, like, Petri Yam was piecing him up until, um, by legal knee. So I think, um, I think this, I think, I think Petri Yam beats Sterling full stop. Like, I just don't see it going any other way. And I also think Petri Yam is a fucking tough nut to crack by any of them boys. Um, you know, he put it on Aldo. Like, let's be real. He, he, you know, broke Aldo in that fight. Um, as much as it pains me to say it. You know what I mean? He, yeah, it was a, it was a painful one. That um, yeah, I think I think Jan. I also thought I also think Jan had a fairly easy go up to the title. Like you know, he he beat some good people, but he hasn't fought any of the best guys in my opinion. He hasn't fought your Dillashaw, Sandhagen's, even Pedro Munoz is a fucking serious guy in that division. Um, he has had some sterling performances over like say, Uriah Faber, Jimmy Rivera. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, when he's he look, he is a fucking tough guy, but I think he's I think Petriano genuinely struggle against some of those nifty technical strikers. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to bully the likes of Dillashaw and Sanhagen, and um, I think a rematch with Aldo would be pretty fucking interesting as well. But yeah, let's do um a hey, Aldo. Yeah, Aldo versus fucking Dillashaw, number one contender fight. I am fucking on board with that. I really am. Very looking forward to that. Um, let's talk about, uh, yeah, let's talk about someone else, another Brazilian killer who made a statement and a half um, this weekend with a first-round submission over Michael Chiesa, Vincente Luque, man. This guy has just looked like an absolute destroyer. In pretty much all of his fights, um, yeah, he, he's he's up there. He really is. Uh, this fight was fucking interesting, man. Like uh, Kiesa uh, took <laughs> took um, Lucas back, which is Kiesa's bread and butter. That's where Kiesa thrives. Kiesa thrives with back takes, rear naked chokes. I actually just watched uh, UFC put a video up of Michael Chiesa's time in the Ultimate Fighter, where he fought through that tournament, and it was all, all significant groundwork. Like Chiesa, 
I don't know how that guy made 155. The guy is a fucking big dude. But you look at Vincente Luque, sorry. You look at ben Vincente Luque's fucking record through the UFC, and it is all fucking finishes, pretty much. This guy goes out there, and he fucking finishes people. Full stop. Um, you know what I mean? The guy is a fucking destroyer. Uh, you know what I mean? I think, I mean, what's that for? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. He's like fourteen and two in the UFC. And you look at his last four. Yeah, his last loss was Stephen Thompson. Lost before that, I believe, was Leon Edwards. So, you know what I mean? There is no shame in Vincente Luque. Um, he is he is putting in work and he's fighting the best guys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I think he's in in the serious conversation. Um, you've got to have a serious look at, like, I don't think he's quite there for a title shot, but he's hovering. He's in the talks now. He is in the talks. Uh, for me, it's a no-brainer. Let's do Luke versus Masvidal, man. Let's get Luke versus fucking Masvidal is the fight to make. Uh, oh, fuck it. Luke versus Gilbert Burns, another banger. Uh, for me personally... Look, Leon Edwards may probably does want to stay active. My personal opinion, I think Leon Edwards would be better off being active. He's had, you know, what I'd say would be a fight and a half in two years. He had, obviously, that unfortunate event with Bilal Mohamed. Still looked amazing, though. Um, then he's obviously had that fight with Nate Diaz. Looked technically unreal. Um, but he's number one contender, full stop. Like, for me personally. So we do Usman, we do... Usman versus Covington, can't wait for that fight. Uh, Edwards gets the winner of that. And then you've got the three names that you've really got to roll around. Uh, Gilbert Burns, who's coming off a, a great win against Wonderboy. Um, Jorge Masvidal, coming off a knockout loss to the champion for the title. Vincente Luque, who's just put together four, a four-fight killing spree of people. Uh, it's so impressive that he submitted Chiesa as well. I can't... I can't highlight that enough. The fact that he literally dashed, yeah, it, it's fucking incredible. Like, you don't really catch, yeah, no one really catches Kiesa in those sorts of fucking moves, man. You just don't. I believe, um, oh, hey, Masvidal actually caught him in, in a dash, I believe, um, back in the lightweight days. But, yeah, not many people submit Kiesa, man. That guy is a, a bona fide fucking grappler. Heavy set grappler as well. I don't. I can't express it enough. I don't know. I can't get made around how he made 155 pounds. Guy is a fucking tank of a man. He's a big, big boy. But yeah, to for Luke to survive that back take, dropped him as well on the feet, and then snared him up in that fucking dars or anaconda choke, one or the other, was just fucking magnificent. Like it really is. Like you better, yeah. People need to start talking about Luke more. They really do. The guy, the guy's a serious fucking powerhouse at welterweight. We, I can't wait, can't wait to see who he fights next. I think personally, it's Burns or Masvidal. It's one of them two, isn't it? Let's be honest. There's only the up. There's only up and up. Um, but yeah, um, we had uh, moving on on that card. Tisha Torres putting in a great, a solid performance against Angela Hill. Using speed, using using her boxing. Peace, Peace Angela Love got a, a solid win in my opinion. Uh, Song Dong, great decision win over Casey Kenny. It was 
fucking good fight. Very good fight. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the actual prelims, but from what I've heard, uh, Bobby Green versus Raphael Faziv was a fucking banger. Got fight of the night. Both the ones the boys got bonuses, which is nice to see. Um, yeah, um, from what I've heard, I'm going to get it watched in the next couple of days, that fight. But from what I've heard, yeah, absolutely awesome fight. Very interesting styles, though. Bobby Green, that Philly Shell slip and rip boxer against Rafael Fiziv, who is a kickboxing fucking destroyer. So, yeah, uh, Vince Morales got a decision win over Draco Rodriguez. Alonso Menfield beat absolute veteran Ed Herman. Um, an interesting one, Jessica Penn. Getting the first round submission over Carolina Kowalok. Can't pronounce her name today, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Top contender in that division for a long time. Wins over Rose Nabajunis, fought for the title, and then just seemed to get. I know she got absolutely slept in the nicest way by um, Jessica Andrade, I think it was. Uh, Brutal, like real brutal finish. Yeah. Uh, on the early prelims, though, there were two absolutely unbelievable knockouts. Uh, Manel, Cap, Manel Cap, beautiful flying knee knockout against uh, Ode Osborne. Unreal knockout. Unreal. And Miles Johns um, knocks out Anderson Dos Santos with one of the nastiest knockouts I've seen all year. It was absolutely fucking brutal, like, it was a knockout of the night for me personally, like, it was fucking brutal, um, a hell of a knockout, a phantom weight for Miles Johns, um, yeah, uh, Victoria Leonardo got TKO'd by Melissa Gatto, and Johnny Munoz getting the submission against, uh, Jamie Simmons, so yeah, all round, great card, man, big takeaways from the card, we're getting Gan versus Nganu, Beautiful. Like, that's a fucking heavyweight wet dream of a fight. You've got the absolute death power of Francis Ngannou, those African fucking death punches against the just suave, amazing footwork and technical kickboxing of Cyril Gann. It's a, it's a great fight. And them two, they're on a collision course. Cyril Gann's got the interim title. Ngannou, heavyweight title. Let's do it. Let's Sooner the better for me. Um... Josie Aldo, just still an absolute fucking legend, still a veteran, still got that killer instinct in him. And Pedro Munoz, again, great opponent, also putting in a damn good fight against Aldo, but it was it was all Aldo in my opinion. Vincente Luque, the man is in the he's in the conversation, but he's not in the picture yet. I don't think. Let's let's see who, who he gets next. Burns or Masvidal. It's one or the other for me. I think either way, I think him versus Gilbert Burns stylistically interests me most. Uh, both guys seem to have a good jiu-jitsu game. Gilbert Burns has an elite jiu-jitsu game. But Vincente Luque, very good submission game. Very good fucking striker. And an absolute dog in any fight. Yeah, they're the big takeaways for me. Amazing though. A great event. Lots lots to take away. Lots, A lot more questions than answers which is what I always love. But yeah, great card, man. Really, really enjoyed it. This week in MMA history, let's talk about two events that are happening. It's 
every time I do this, when I look back at historical events around this time, around each week, it always shocks me when how long ago the events were. It's it's fucking crazy, man. It really is. Um, this week we are going to talk about two events with some significant value to them, um, some historical, for me personally, massive historical value to them, and that's UFC 101, August 8th, 2009, and UFC 117, August 7th, 2010. Let's start with our UFC 101, man. Um, strange enough, there was just today I seen... Um, well, the headliner was BJ Penn versus Kenny Florian. The core main event was Anderson Silva versus Forrest Griffin. Um, yeah, like like I was about to say there. Strange enough, just today I seen um, BJ Penn post a video, a video picture up of his Hall of Fame trophy and all the belts. And it was one of those where you see it and you go, um, like I was talking about BJ Penn last night with a few, few mates of mine. And I was saying how it really, I get really fucking upset because a lot of modern day MMA fans don't know just how much of a destroyer BJ Penn was in his peak. They just don't understand it with him going on that, like that awful fucking losing streak of like seven fights or whatever it is. And, you know, when BJ Penn was at his peak, he was an absolutely terrifying force in every way. He was just, just a, a fucking destroyer, man. Like, the guy was just fearless. He'd fight anyone. He was, he was amazing. He was just amazing. This amazing fucking uh, guy to watch in every way. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, man. Um, yeah, looking back on this fight, I was it was really nostalgic and... I just remember this was when BJ Penn was just killing people. He was just the absolute king of 155, bar none. Um, yeah, so this happened August 8th, 2009, which blew my mind that this was like 12 odd years ago. Absolutely blew my mind. I think it's amazing. I really do. Um, yeah, BJ Penn uh, versus Kenny Florian. Kenny Florian had put um, a really good fucking streak together. Um, Kenny Florian's one of those guys, he's in that list of uh, fighters who never got the title, but maybe should have, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Kenny Florian fought for the lightweight title against Sean Shirk at UFC 64 and got destroyed with Sean Shirk's wrestling. Just destroyed. Um, Kenny Florian then puts together, what, six six-fight win streak? And just goes in and fights BJ Penn. Um, don't get me wrong. Losing. Lo losing by Ray Naked Choking. I believe I want to say the fourth round. Um, yeah. Fourth round. Uh, that was BJ Penn 101. He was going to beat you up with boxing. Um, somehow get you down. Get hold of you. And choke you into oblivion. BJ Penn in his day was just a fucking manner. I can't say it enough. I really can't. Uh, this was one of them fights, though, that, like... Like I said, Kenny Florian was one of them guys who was always just short of getting the title. You know what I mean? I believe he had three title shots in the UFC. Fought Sean Shirk, BJ Penn, and he actually retired after he fought Jose Aldo at 1.5. Um, Kenny Florian had, an, had a brilliant career. Um, ended the first Ultimate Fighter as a middleweight. 
and ended his career as a featherweight. So let's just take that in for a second. This guy went up anything up to three weight classes, really. Got absolutely steamrolled by Diego Sanchez in the final, but um, then he dropped down to, I want to say he dropped down to welterweight, then lightweight, and like I said before, he ended his career um, at featherweight, but Kenny Florian was the fucking man, like, I, I always had a lot of time for Kenny Florian, very unsuspecting, silent killer in that division, um, really good jiu-jitsu, uh, very, as his career went on, had very underrated kickboxing, did a lot of tie boxing with uh, Mark De La Grotti, I believe, um, so yeah, like, Kenny Florian, a lot, lot of love for Kenny Florian, man, but when he took on BJ Penn, BJ Penn was the fucking man at that point, like, Absolute killer in every sense of the word. Um, I don't, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's so harrowing to see, like, after this fight, um, BJ Penn, you know, put his work in, he beat Kenny Florian, went on to um, finish Diego Sanchez in their fight in the fifth round. He then ran into Frankie Edgar, had a very close fight with Frankie Edgar first time, got shut down and beat the second time. Then comes back, goes up to welterweight, and knocks Matt Hughes out in, I think it was like 21 seconds. Unbelievable. Then goes on and takes on John Fitch, who was one of the biggest welterweights, size-wise, I think have ever competed in the UFC. Goes and fights John Fitch to a draw. Like, crazy. Like, BJ Penn was massively undersized for that fight. Massively. Um, but yeah, gets gets a solid win against John Fitch. He then goes on to lose to Nick Diaz by decision, Rory McDonald by decision. Um, then takes you know two years off or more, comes back and fights Frankie Edgar for the third time and gets TKO'd viciously at the Ultimate Fighter finale after he coached coached it. At that point, for me, that should have been it. Um, that that should have been the career of BJ Penn. Uh, going out against three, three of the most elite competition he could have could have fought for, like hands down, like Nick Diaz, Roy McDonald, Frankie Edgar, boom, you've, you know, that's uh that's three guys over two weight classes of killers, like that's that's it, that should have been it, you should have just called it a day then. For some crazy idea. He came back three day, three years later and fought Yeah Rodriguez, getting front kicked in the face and finished. Um, he then lost a decision to Dennis Seaver, which was pretty heartbreaking. Um, loses to Ryan Hall by um, heel hook, like an Imanari style heel hook, and loses a decision to Clay Guida. And from what I know, that's that's the end of BJ Penn's career, which. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrible way to look at it, those seven losses. Don't get me wrong, I think, you know, the loss of Nick Diaz, fair enough. Brian McDonald, fair enough. Frankie Edgar, fair enough. There's no shame there. But to come back and fight a young up-and-coming killer like Yeah Rodriguez, I remember staying up to watch that fight live out of mere curiosity and just went to bed absolutely broken-hearted watching BJ get finished the way he did. Just... Broke my heart in every way, man. Like, it was horrible then. Seeing him come back and fight Dennis Seaver. Again, it was another one where you were just like, how are you? Like, maybe he'll win. You know, maybe he'll get Seaver's back or something. 
Then when it got announced he was fighting Ryan Hall, I was like, he's getting heel hooked. And then Clay Guido was like a fun fight where, and it was just one of those downward spirals as a fan where, you know, you look at BJ Penn's career previous to that. Yeah, he lost one or two on the belt and all that, but man, the guy had just an absolutely unbelievable career up until that point. Like, like I say, I can't, I, I, I'm just going to leave it at this, but the Nick Diaz, Roy McDonald, Frankie Edgar losses, after that, he should have just retired, called it a day, and kept kept a bit of that, you know, legendary status. But how hard is it to go and explain to someone they should do that when that's all they know is fighting? Obviously, BJ Penn's had his demons outside the cage and the likes of street fighting, heavy drinking and all that. Recently, he had some mad accident with a wave pool machine, like, Oh, it's mad. I can't, yeah, it's it's a proper downfall, but at the same time, I still watch BJ Penn fights. I still love watching BJ Penn fights. Um, watching his standout performances against the likes of Joe Stevenson, Diego Sanchez, this one against Kenny Florian. Um, all three of his fights against Matt Hughes are great. His two fights against uh, George St. Pierre. Just listen to the names that I'm racking off there. Like, he's fought Frankie Edgar three times. You know what I mean? Like, there's some serious fucking names to be, have on your resume, win or lose. You know, fought Jens Pulver twice, one of my all-time favourites. Destroyed Sean Shirk. Um, man, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. This guy fought anyone and everyone. This man fought Lyoto Machida, a fucking, like, an open heavyweight bout. And I care one heroes, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? And wins over Dwayne Ludwig, fucking... Takanori Gomi, Matt Serra, uh, Carl Uno, Dean Thomas. Absolute, there's a lot of legendary names there. you got to think BJ Penn competed in the UFC um, at UFC 31, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that was like his, his first proper pro fight. Crazy, absolutely crazy, man. But yeah, UFC 101, though, had an absolute banner of a co-main event where we've seen Anderson Silva going up in weight to light heavyweight to take on the former 205 champion, Forrest fucking Griffin. This is one of the standout performances, one of the most standout performances I've ever seen myself. Like, it, you could not, you couldn't script a better performance. The guy went full matrix and just showed... It was one of those examples where you got Forrest Griffin, who's one of the toughest guys in, in, in the UFC. Uh, former UFC 205 champion. Um, I, I discussed him the other week um, on the anniversary of him versus Rampage, where he won the title. This is a guy who was a handful for anyone in that division. Silver, the middleweight champion, goes up and takes on the former 205 champion. And fuck, just showed there are multiple levels to MMA, multiple fucking levels, that guy just pretty much didn't get touched, swayed, rolled, dodged, and just took Forrest out, like, it was one of them fights where you were just, I remember the first time I watched it happen, just being like, oh my god, like, no one's beating Anderson Silva ever, like, no one, no one is going to beat Anderson Silva, it's crazy, man, absolutely crazy, it's one of the craziest knockouts, one of the maddest performances I've ever seen in my life, still to this day, it's one of those where you re-watch it, and every time you re-watch it, you're just like, what the actual fuck, incredible man, it's fucking crazy, 
Um, yeah, on the rest of that card, though, man, like we had Aaron Riley, old school veteran, uh, knocking out Shane Nelson, Johnny Hendricks beating Amir Sadala. I remember this that being a really early stoppage in round one. That was when Johnny Hendricks was going on his spree of uh, left-handing people into oblivion. Uh, legend Ricardo Almeida at middleweight beating Kendall Grove. Another another real veteran. I used to really enjoy Kendall Grove's fights. Kurt Pellegrino, most famous for getting the Diaz triangle put on him. Uh, TKO Josh Nia. Um, Doomsday John Howard uh, defeating Tandem McCrory. Alessio Sakara, it's an old school name, beating Talos Laters. Matthew Riddle, um, aka Matt Riddle out of the WWE, defeating Dan Kramer. George Soderopoulos, defeating George Roop, Kimura, and Jesse Lennox, defeating uh, Danilo Villafort. Can't remember that fight. I remember most of those fights, though. So, yeah, what a great card, man. Right, looking back on this, like that's an entire main card of finishes, all, all finishes. That's what you want to watch, yeah. Uh, fight of the night, somehow was <laughs> Anderson Silva, Forrest Griffin. Knockout of the night, Anderson Silva, submission of the night, BJ Penn. Amazing, man. Absolutely amazing, amazing card. Uh, yeah, I just remember having real real fond memories of that card, man. Amazing. Chuffed a bit. Yeah, so this next event is another absolute classic. It's It turned out to be, this turned into one of the biggest rivalries in MMA history. Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen. This whole rivalry was just Chael Sonnen's coming out party. It really was. This guy went from a, a very main, very journeyman-esque, um, you know, like mainstay fighter, by all means, into one of the biggest threats in the division. It's This is one of the latest finishes. Like, this whole fight, Anderson versus Sonnen, Going into this fight, I fucking hated Chelsea Sonnen with a passion. I am now one of the biggest Chelsea Sonnen fans you will ever meet. I love the man. The guy can guy can do no wrong. He's one of the best analysts in the game. He's one of the best characters, one of the best um, pundits. Like The guy can break down. The way he breaks down M the MMA um, conversations and situations, far better than I can ever do it. He's, I, I really do look up to the man when it comes down to talking about MMA. He will analyse and find holes in dis discussions that I just don't see. It's amazing. Like I honestly can't can't um, can't hype him up enough. I really can't. Uh, but yeah, Chilson came to this fight talking mad shit. Sold this fight better than any. It's probably he's the best salesman of any fight. The guy is just. An unbelievable character. Trash talker, whatever you want to call it, but funny as hell as well. But going into this fight, I was a massive Anderson fan. Chael talked a lot of shit. I fucking got really fucked off by him and hated him. But my God, did I want to watch this fight and tune in for it. And I proceeded to watch Chael Sonnen beat the living daylights out of Anderson Silva for five rounds until... Anderson got an absolute Hail Mary submission in the form of a triangle and fucking won. It was one of the, oh, just amazing. Uh, shout out to Chris Milner, uh, DJ and tattooist, one of my good friends. Me and him um, watched this, he downloaded it 
Um, and I went around the next day and watched it with him. And I remember he'd already knew the results. And just I just remember him watching me the entire fight as like, I was just in pieces. I was like, oh my God, Chael Sonnen's going to beat Anderson Silva. What the fuck? Great fight though. Uh, what a performance by Sonnen. What a come from behind hill fucking mary fucking submission oh crazy man if you've never seen the post or pre-fight presses to do with this fight go watch it just go check them out man like they're absolutely the absolute gold um it's a crazy one because chilson and building up to this fight um you know what i mean it's not like he, he you know it's not like he hadn't beat some good names he had he beat some all right names um you know, Chelsea had made appearances at UFC as early as he fought on the WEC, early battles. He came into the UFC at UFC 55 against uh, Renato Sobral, lost by submission. Um, fights Trevor Prangley, loses to Jeremy Horn by submission. Then goes on a fucking decent streak in Bulldog fight, beating the likes of Tim Crider. Alexi Olyanik, if you know, if you know who that is, uh, Tim McKenzie, Amar Suliev, and Kaesi Oskola. Who I, I'll be honest, don't know who that is. Um, he then went on and lost by submission by Armbar at WEC 31 against Paulo Filo. Beats Brian Baker. Then goes and rematches Paulo Filo for the fight uh, for the title WEC title and Paulo Paulo Filo miss weight. Um, Sonnen getting a solid decision win. He then comes into the UFC again. Loses to Damian Meyer by submission. Standard. Triangle. which uh, UFC 95, which is one of my favourite all-time events. Um, Damian Meyer hit him with a beautiful sort of trip throw. Rolled him into a fucking triangle. One of the best submissions you'll ever see. He then went and just destroyed Dan Miller, Yushin Akami, and Nate Marquardt getting the title shot. He then comes back after the loss to Silver at UFC 117, beats Brian Stan, arm triangle, beats the great Michael Bispin, then goes on to rematch Anderson Silver at UFC 148, in which the only way I can describe his fight is it was a silly timed back fist that led to him getting the shit kicked out of him on the cage. Loses by TKO in, I believe, the second round. Crazy. Crazy rivalry, really. Sonnen went on to have a, a, another great career, though. Retiring in 2019 with one of the most emotional retirement speeches I can that I've ever seen. Um, very emotional. Um, obviously, um, promised his late father that he'd win an MMA title. Never quite got one. Came so close on so many occasions, but lo he lost to Lyoto Machida, announced his retirement, and yeah, definitely one of the most emotional. Um, one of the most emotional sort of retirement speeches I've ever seen. Yeah, very interesting. But yeah, Anderson Silva, I don't need to go into his career. He went on to legitimise himself as one of the greatest and recently retired from MMA, but then beat uh, Chavez Jr. in boxing. Anderson, same again. Like Anderson's an absolute legend in my eyes, in every way. But yeah, the rest of this card was full of, absolutely full of... Um, yeah, absolutely full of big names and up-and-comers, man. Really was. We had the likes of uh, John Fitch versus Thiago Alves as the co-main, which John Fitch just shut Alves down with wrestling. Um, we had Clay Guida defeating future lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos with a jaw injury. Clay Guida hit him with like a three-shot, crazy three-shot combo. 
and broke his jaw. We had absolute, absolute legend Matt Hughes defeated Ricardo Almeida by like a front headlock, like a farm boy choke. We had future heavyweight champion Junior Santos um, beating the daylights out of Roy Nelson, but could not knock him the fuck out. Uh, Rick Story defeating Dustin Hazlett by TKO. Phil Davis, um, stand, uh, yeah, still a, still fighting in Bellator now, defeated Ronnie Wallace. Johnny Hendricks uh, knocked out Charlie Brenneman. Tim Boach defeating Todd Brown. Stefan Struve defeating Christian Moorcraft by knockout. And Dennis Holman defeated Ben Saunders by decision. Great card. Absolutely fucking great card. Full of names. It's one of the things that I enjoy most is looking back on all these old cards and just seeing some of the names, some of the talent, some of the fighters as they're coming through and remembering how far they came, man. Like, you got the likes of that list there and it's crazy, man. You've got, like, future champions on that list. Like, you've got uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, um, went on to win the lightweight title. You've got Junior Santos went on to win the heavyweight title. Johnny Hendricks went on to win the welterweight title. And a lot of these other gentlemen all had great, great careers. Tiago Alves is a champion in bare-knuckle boxing now. John Fitch is still fighting in the likes of Bellator. Or is he just, he maybe just retired John Fitch off the top of my head. Roy Nelson's still fighting. Um, yeah, crazy. Absolutely crazy. But thoroughly enjoy it. These are the old school cards. I just, I just, yeah, I can't express enough how much I just really really enjoy them um, it's great to look back and see where the sports came from uh, me and some friends not long ago actually Friday gone sorry um, we watched a load of old school fights and it was so fun so so fun um, it's just great to see how the sports how far the sports came how many more people are into it now and more it's just great to have conversations with people who understand What's going on with the sport? Being able to talk about great submission and grappling performances with people and them having an understanding and awareness of what's going on rather than talking to people and them instantly going, I don't like it when it goes to the ground. Yeah, it, it's the sport's came such a long way since I first started watching it that it's. I, I think it's absolutely brilliant that I can have conversations with anyone everyone. Strange enough, shout out to um, a gentleman called Dave I met the other day who I, I was at a wedding, I had a great conversation with him about UFC and, and combat sports and never judge a book by its cover, ladies and gentlemen, because at first appearance, I would not have thought that gentleman would have been into combat sports and, and especially not into UFC. And he was bang into it. He was, he, he knew what he was talking about and he knew the fighters and it was great conversing with him. So yeah, Dave, if you get around and listen to the show, Thank you very much for that great conversation the other day. It was it was really, really cool, man. But yeah, anyways, I'm going to call it a day there. Um, I've been Al Roberts as always. This has been the What's It All About MMA show. Remember, guys, we are on Spotify, Pocket Cast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Mixcloud. So please go, go listen to some old episodes if you'd like. Give me a message. Go follow me on uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for new shows coming up. Um, I was meant to get a friend of mine round on Friday, Mr. Liam Sladen. He is coming round to do a show with me this next week or so with any luck, but we have to rearrange Friday. But really looking forward to having to sit down and talk to him. He's a funny, funny man when it comes to MMA. And he's got a, he, yeah, he's got a great perception on it. But yeah, guys, look, look after yourselves. Have a great day. 
to everyone who was there, it's Aidy's stag do yesterday. Hopefully your hangover's eased off. Mine's disappearing gradually. I'm not feeling too bad, but I'm still a bit rough. Either way, guys, have a great week, have a great day, have a great month, and I will see you all next week, guys. All right, bye-bye.